You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, how's it going? I'm feeling really good, Chris. Um, no Super Bowl hangover for me. Uh, daylight savings looks like it's er- being eradicated. I'm feeling good. <laughs> what? What happened? What did I miss? Some news here? What happened? We're no longer following daylight savings in my household. Oh, in your household? Interesting. Yeah. Is are you guys like? How does that work when it gets dark? Are you just like shooting high powered lights into the sky? Or well, first we whenever it's whenever it starts to get dark, we set our clocks to about four hours later. So okay. That, um, we're getting we're so with that we just get tons of sunlight. Like oh. it's four o'clock for a number of hours in our home, and it, by the time it's seven o'clock, we're like, wow, we had a day. So it's it's been working for our our mental uh, sanity. Well, we get we, good news, my friend. We get real daylight saving time, uh, savings time kicking in in uh, only about three weeks, right? March fourteenth, March fifteenth. Yes. So, uh, I think I saw that because you know I, that that's one of those things I I always pay attention to on on my weather app where it's like, oh, what time sunset now? When's it gonna be then? And uh, I think it's gonna be like seven o five. Sunset will be like seven o five once we hit daylight savings Ugh, time. And that's that's gonna it, be so beautiful. It's gonna be a game changer. It is. It is. Like you can be outside. You running an errand after four o'clock, which Mm. after four o'clock is very important for me because here in the Detroit time zone, that is Judge Judy time. Very important time (laughs) in the household. Sure. And, you know, if you go out after that, it's dark as soon as you get home and you're like, geez, I shouldn't have went out. And, you know, I I don't like that feeling. I want to feel like I still have some day left if I if I go make a run or two. Yeah, the thing the thing that really struck me, and we're really we're really diving into the hard hitting topics here with daylight savings time thoughts. But <laughs> the thing that really struck me is I find I'm much more productive work wise in the winter, and much more productive in my own like personal life in the summer when there when there's more day because I feel like oh it's dark out I might as well be in the office. But then when it's not dark out until 830, I'm like, oh, I can do stuff in the yard. I can go here. There's a there's an infinite amount of possibilities. No, that's 100 percent true. That's there's probably tons of science behind it. And I, for one, would like to see that data. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, summertime is it's we're already itching for it. I have a couple we have a couple uh COVID safe plans. So mix that with. The trajectory of things again, no jinx, no jinx. Yeah, fingers crossed, um, knock on wood, do whatever you yeah, have to do. Yeah, that you know we um we can start enjoying enjoying outside and in, in a in a way that feels good, man. Like sleeves, you know, short sleeves or just no jacket, whatever. Sun's you out, guns out, buddy. You know it. I've been I've been working, man. I've been working. My arms. I don't know if it's the the COVID uh, body dysmorphia or I really am losing it, but I've been working to get my arms back. It's, it was my one one attribute out of all things. Oh, hey, those who can't build their core build their arms. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I just think it's Socrates. hilarious. I yeah, I believe that was soccer. Uh, it's Descartes, but whatever. Um, I, I, I do also think it's funny that me, who is uh, kindly phrased as as 
slightly out of shape at the moment no, don't, don't, uh, is giving don't, you don't crap worry. about don't your physical you condition. <laughs> oh, I'm worried about it. Uh, the weirdest thing about daylight savings time to ever put a bow on this argument uh, conversation uh, or argument with daylight savings time is, you know, in, in I'm on the West Coast and all the, all the sporting events come on three hours earlier than I'm accustomed to. And there's nothing weirder than watching like a 430 basketball game and it's totally dark out. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Doesn't it feel off? Like this, this should not be. No, no, it should not be. Oh, quick pivot. And God willing. Sorry. Quick yeah. pivot from that with basketball game reminded me. Twitter. Twitter I, I have to tell someone this. I couldldn't tell anyone in my household because they just wouldn't get it. And it would it would offend me yeah. further. Um, <laughs> Shots fired yeah, at room. This, <laughs> this past uh, weekend... <laughs> Um, Detroit Mercy Basketball uh, played mm-hmm. my alma mater, Robert Morris. Um, I didn't check the score. My brother let me know prior or as the game uh, was was airing. Like, oh, if, if COVID, blah, 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 we go see the game. I'm like, yeah. So they follow me on Twitter two or three days Robert ago Morris. just so I can look at the – it's like they knew. Like, because I had not mentioned Detroit Mercy basketball, not one time. I don't know why mm-hmm. they're following me, unless they knew. Oh, Detroit Mercy's following Yes, okay, okay. Detroit Mercy uh, basketball. Na- naturally, I assumed you were talking about Robert no, Morris. No, no, that would make more sense. Detroit Mercy followed me, j- <laughs> almost it feels like, just to let me know that they beat my, my it was their first, it was the first tweet uh, after the follow. I'm like, is this personal? Did I say something that made you all feel like you should alert me to the big win. It was a big win, by the way. And we have a pretty good basketball program, but it doesn't look that way. You're four and thirteen. We used to have a really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I brought up the I brought up the line here, and yeah, you're four and thirteen right now. So, <laughs> oh, the days back in the yeah. day. I mean, we time time freezes when we leave a place, exactly. right? I I always I imagine my high school is still a powerhouse and I have no nothing to back that up. So. <laughs> you think it yeah, is? Yeah, no, I, I I get it. Yeah, well, how about that? Well, look, if if they're listening to obviously they're paying attention to everything you right. do. So if the, the the fine people over at Detroit Mercy University are are listening, go screw yourselves. Like, what are you doing? Like, what? what yeah, the fuck? my God. Yeah. How rude! And without an introduction or yeah, anything. and uh, and that Antoine Davis. I'm telling you, that guy. He is. Uh, he looks like he's their point guard. I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna say what everybody's thinking. Overrated. Finally, <laughs> finally, finally, the truth comes out about Detroit Mercy <laughs> basketball <laughs> here on the Underdog NFL show. Yeah. So we've co- we've covered daylight savings time and mm-hmm. Detroit Mer- the Detroit Mercy Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's weird though that they followed you, and it's just it's just weird the random stuff. It's the off season. Who cares? We don't we don't have to run through ads or anything today. We can talk about what we want to talk about. Um, okay. It's weird that the uh, just the, the random stuff that happens from you know I'm I guess at some point they saw something. Maybe they heard you say something. Maybe they saw you tweet something, and they're like, "Oh, this is a person we should follow for whatever reason." And it's um, so weird. It's it's super cool, like being in that position. I don't I don't know when it happened. Uh, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was you. Maybe it was one of my other shows. But all of a sudden, about a month and a half ago, I would say, I started getting these emails every morning. And I was like, what? Why are people trying to sell me movies? I get conservatively two to four movie screeners every single day because what? somebody sent somebody heard me talking about movies 
and now they send me screener links because they want me to talk about their movie. If you're listening wow. to this right now, God bless you. Keep doing it. Uh, and if you're another another organization who wants to start sending me shit, feel free because uh, I, <laughs> I look, you know, not we're not talking about like it's not like uh, Godzilla versus King Kong or anything like that. But but some of them are interesting. A couple cool docs. I've, I've watched some and uh, yeah, I like it. I like it. if people want to send me free stuff, feel free. I might talk the about arts. It. The arts are alive through you. That's what that means. You are a, a conduit of the arts, man. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk about one of their movies right now. Because why not? Uh, let's, the, the, the most recent one I have in... There's a lot of horror movies, but the most recent mm-hmm. screener I have is a film called um, Donna Stronger Than Pretty. Uh, I guess I can't give out that promo code, but... Uh, Don, this is a uh, it's five out of five on Rotten Tomatoes. Nothing wrong with that. Wow. It's a okay. romantic tragedy, an unloved story that spans three decades in the life of a gentle young woman, Donna, as she tries to live up to the traditions and expectations of her Italian roots of the American hmm. dream. Look, it's I'm excited to watch it on my fourth monitor while I'm doing other work. I cannot find it on IMDb <laughs> anywhere. Uh, but I'm looking to I'm trying to find out who's in it. I'm trying to give these guys some plugs right now. It's 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 a slow sale, but it's a sale nonetheless. All right, the uh, directed by Janet Martino, produced by Kate Amundsen, and okay, mm-hmm. the, I think these are the people that are in it. Uh, Kate Amundsen is the star of this movie. She is the the titular Donna, and Kate would uh, be known from. Well, not real sure. Uh, the Mongolian Connection. I'm looking at IMDb because she's got to be in other stuff. I, I think she was in. I think she was in some stupid. Uh, I don't want to say stupid TV show. That's going to end every everything there I've, there I've done. No more. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for. She was. She did an episode of Criminal Minds. Uh, mm-hmm. She's been in uh, some other stuff. Uh, there's a Daddario. This is. I don't think it's Alexandra Daddario. I think it's her younger sister is in this and. Um, Hey, I will watch it, and uh, if I like it, I will I will talk about it more. And if you're you want to send me screener codes, or you're any other company, feel free. Feel free to send Mario them too. Please, I definitely would not know what to do with them, but no, me neither. We'll receive them nonetheless. <laughs> me neither. I do like I I feel bad because I get a bunch every day, and they're like, "Hey, do you want this?" And I'm like, you know. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not like no thanks. I just don't respond to the email. <laughs> but 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 the you know what I'm really saying is no thanks. Yeah, I feel bad. There's a there's a good documentary called Bully talking about childhood bullying. There's a uh, there's some cool stuff. But um, I was looking at what we could talk about before the show today, and I found this list of impending free agents on Pro Football Focus. Uh, this list is not a premium list, so I don't feel like we're giving anything away here. I just thought, you know, we can we can take some time. We don't have we can we can take we can take three four shows if we want running through this list talking about some of these guys. And uh, and I thought that might be interesting. Starting closer down to the bottom, and by the way, the thing I'm going to announce this right now. The thing we're going to be doing next week is we will be uh, doing our 
our annual quarterback carousel predictions next week. Yes, I love. I have so much fun doing that. I it's I genuinely love it every single year, and I'm trying to line it up so that I do it on all of my shows at the same time, so I can keep track of it a little bit easier. <laughs> uh, and I started to do it with Anshu this week, but we had some technical problems, so it will be next week. Tune in for that. Then we'll get back to free agents and stuff like that. But let's look at some of these. Some of these even have uh, predictions for what's going to happen to the free agent. And we know the the pro football focus list is it's an interesting starting point. Certainly not you know the the be all end all in terms of ranking players, but it's something to talk about. I want to start all the way down at one thirty four on the list, the one hundred thirty fourth best available free agent. Gentleman by the name of uh, Deshaun Jackson. I think you I was going to say, is it me? No. Um. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you, you sort of. Yes, you're you're, yeah. you're equivalent, <laughs> and you're you're probably healthier. Um, the prediction here. Um, first of all, what do you think? Does is what do we think there is left in Deshaun's career at this point? Six games with the Eagles uh, did not do great. I think. <laughs> I don't know if this is a really good thing to say about a testament to, to Deshaun, but I think a, a warm weather team would actually uh, be a decent move for him to be like just a, a pitch count guy. I think he really, I think the the location and and what was happening with the team played played a major factor in his ability to feel pain um, mm-hmm. and and tolerate it. I think that he would like to be somewhere nice and comfortable, uh, and I think if if that's the situation, uh, that he would he would um he could have something left. He he could, four touchdown season, you know, impact, you know, some deep deep balls, maybe some stuff like that. Just be a go guy on one side and open up the field a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nothing wrong with that. And hey, I I I hear what you're saying about Deshaun and. I mean, it's worth pointing out the guy's like 165 pounds and has no body fat, so the cold affects him. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> exactly. If anybody. Uh, the prediction here, he signs with the Kansas City Chiefs, former head coach Andy Reid, one year, $2 million. I mean, if if the relationship is that good, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying if the relationship is that good, then sure. Other than that, I don't see it. I don't. I don't see the need, nor do I see the fit for him. Yeah, I feel like they would have to lose somebody, right? This, yeah. Uh, I could see that kind of signing happening like mid-season if he were available and McCall Hardman went down or something like that and they want to keep the offense the same, but Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I I I don't know. Let him let him go down to Jacksonville and uh, he can catch he can catch those those 380-yard touchdown passes from Trevor Lawrence and then sit sit out the rest of the season in a nicer exactly. climate. Exactly, fair enough. Um Number 130, we're not going to go in order here uh, well, each with each player, but 130 is Olivier Vernon. Olivier Vernon's a guy, really good career with the Giants, goes to Cleveland, kind of kind of an afterthought a little bit. Couldn't get his footing mm-hmm. until the very end. I think he had eight sacks in like eight games before he tore his Achilles. How concerned are we about an Achilles injury for a, a guy who is not young rushing the passer? It's, it's a major thing. I've seen uh, players in his position come back from injuries like this, not specifically Achilles, where they shift their game a little bit. Uh, mm. and so he, he, the good thing about it is that he can still um, rush the passer, uh, not e- exactly expect uh, sack numbers, but just be strong, um, a, a, a great set-the-edge guy, 
veteran, you know, add some weight, you know, he he could do that thing. And I think that would be worth depth uh, mm-hmm. for some teams. Uh, I, I think even if, if you're, if you're worried about if he's going to make it through that, that thing is going to swell up often, early and often. Yeah. So he won't, he won't be available. He won't be available each week. So if you can, if you can get him for a good price, understand that he's depth, change the way he plays a little bit, set him up for success. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind paying, paying him to, to bring him in. Well, they say one year, two million, fully guaranteed for for Vernon. You think you think you think that's fair? Considering like we don't, he tore his Achilles. We don't know when he's going to play. I I think it's fair. I think it's fair for what he could do. It's a, it's a it would be a a respect or in, in a trust signing. I don't think you even expect him to play uh, sixteen games. But I think mm, the impact no. of of what he play of when he plays is, is it's just going to be helpful if he can make those. Those adjustments. It's not going to be flying downhill. It's, he's he's going to have to change his game, set the edge, and and, and make sure he's uh, supporting everyone else on that line and, and giving the the starting starting guy a breather. A guy we know a little bit about uh, because he went to Michigan State University. So I've talked to him before. <laughs> the uh, former first round pick of the the Cincinnati Bengals. By the way, I I liked. I would say Darquez Denard was probably my favorite of the interviews we did early in the uh, the run of this show. Because I got him to admit that Skyline Chili is a piece of garbage. My words, not his. <laughs> there you go. Um, the prediction here, two years, $8 million for Denard. Obviously had a weird year last year. Kind of signed with the Jaguars, three years, thirteen five, but that fell apart. And then he goes to the Falcons for uh, one year, $1 million. Yeah, I, there's there's game left in Darquez. There's plenty of quality game left. As the game shifts to slot guys, he's, a qual- he's still a quality outside uh, especially zone, you know, cover three master. Uh, I think he could still master the the cover three stuff. It's just hard to run that um, consistently. But I think he's a good guy to bring in. Um, I think he still got some athleticism, good ball left. So a fit to the Falcons. It's it's a thumbs up because it's what they need. One, they just need the size on the outside. Yeah. So they could they could use that big time. Well, they do they do like their big corners. They drafted AJ Terrell from Clemson uh, in the first mm-hmm. round last year. And I could see them going corner early again, but yeah, Denard is an interesting depth piece there. This is a this is a guy who it's weird to talk about a, as a depth piece. Number one twenty two on the list is a, a wide receiver from Valley Forge Military Academy by the name of Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, Larry! I thought he's retiring. Well, that is that is the uh, the question here. What what is going to happen with Fitzgerald? And the prediction is, in fact, that he retires. Yeah, I think he's done. I don't think there's. Anything left he can do in this game, there's no motivation to stick around. I think he even will feel good of how, about how he's leaving the Cardinals organization. He's not leaving a dumpster fire. He's not he's not leaving it unachieved. They made a Super Bowl run. Uh, he was there to to mentor. You know, he, I think he he he's able to check off a lot of the boxes outside of actually getting the Super Bowl uh, championship, but actually sticking in Arizona his entire career and expecting a Super Bowl championship. It's probably something that yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh, he he has some cognitive dissonance about and can he can contextualize in his in his free time. So I think uh, he's complacent uh, and uh, not complacent. I think he's he's satisfied and retirement and and soon to be a, uh, an analyst. Oh, probably one of the best. He's probably going to end up one of the best analysts if he chooses to to share his knowledge. Yeah, I would I would say that if he wanted to win a championship, he probably should have. Followed Bruce Arians down to uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. 
120 is interesting. Trey Boston is a guy who every single year grades out pretty well on PFF and every single year is available come week four of the NFL season. Uh, <laughs> he did sign a three-year, $18 million contract with the Panthers this past offseason, but ends up being a one-year deal as they're going to cut him and get out of that money. What do you think happens to Trey Boston? He's just like, I get worried about these guys who seem like they're good players, but can't find a team to stick around with for more than a year. I think he's a burnout guy. I think, you know, and you've seen that type. I've, uh, I've been around that type where like your good ball is your good ball, man, but there's not a lot of ceiling. And uh, once team get teams get a hold of you, uh, it's it's going to be difficult. You're not really uh, someone that that the scheme can shift around. I think that that's a, a real issue, um, and and it's hard to adjust with a guy like that. And you you f- you fall in love with it. It's probably not something that coaches share because he's probably not a, a a big asshole, and he's probably <laughs> decent. Maybe who knows? We could be could be. I've, I've <laughs> you know I feel like something would have came out by now, but I yeah. think he's just harder to coach. Then people realize without you know having a lot of uh, versatility. So, and that's why you get them in, and it's like ah, damn it, you know. Before we get stuck, who's a guy you can you can right. get rid of? It's Trey. You grab him, and then you start looking for the next guy. Mm-hmm. One nineteen is an interesting player. It was supposed to be his year uh, about a year ago. He was everybody's pick as a big breakout player for the subsequent season playing behind an incredible offensive line in uh, in Indianapolis, Marlon Mack. But then mm. they draft Jonathan Taylor. He gets hurt again. Uh, your, uh, I don't know, let's, let's call it unofficial cousin, Naeem Hines, finds, <laughs> finds, more, uh, finds more touches in that offense. And it just seems like he gets squeezed out. Are we worried about the injuries or do we think Marlon Mack's got something left in the tank? I think we'll see him pop up somewhere. I think he'll get a couple carries. I think it, it's it's pretty much run its course. We've seen this with running backs. We know mm-hmm. what it is. And if you're not a generational or, or even you know borderline that elite running back group prior to this happening mm-hmm. to f- nudge your way back into not being consistent, you know where your coaching staff is like let them work it through, then you're probably going to end up working your way down the bottom and then another release and then. You know, he he may he may stay in the league another three years, but the carries are going to dwindle, and this year won't be significant. I feel bad for him, but tis tis the game. Yeah. Well, very much in the same vein as Larry Fitzgerald, with just perhaps a little bit more left in the tank, is number one hundred eight. That is a wide receiver from Cincinnati by the name of AJ Green. What do we think AJ's got left? I think AJ's got a solid possession year. You know, a good forty eight to. 60 catches, 800 to, you know, 900 receiving yards, maybe, you know, two really big games. When I say big games, I mean, you know, high volume, mm-hmm. two touchdown games, not really big numbers yardage-wise. Uh, and, and then you start to think that he has more in the tank than than he does. I think he's got a, a solid two years of that uh, with that second year being kind of finicky. Um, he has to find the right place. He has to find an indoor team and uh, a team that is not going to rely on, on him to be the guy. Uh, do they have a prediction on him? They do. Uh, there's predictions for everybody, but for oh, okay. the, it seems like for these top, for the guys lower, they don't mention a team. This yeah. one does. Uh, prediction is AJ Green signs a two-year, $20 million contract, $12 million guaranteed. 
with the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, I don't like the fit there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that he's the guy to pair with uh, Lamar. No, his his AJ's game, especially now, before he could take. Obviously, he could take uh, 50-50 balls with the best of them. But right now, um, I don't even think that's so much uh, uh, Lamar's thing as much as it is improvisation still, you know, out-of-the-pocket adjustment. And that is not what AJ is going to be doing these last couple of years. Yeah. Like, it's got to be timing, got to be on point. You know, it's, it's going to be his, his route running. It's not going to be his, his separation or anything like that. It's going to be elite route running and timing, and I don't think he wants to deal with it. He's not going to get the best of that in right. Baltimore right now. 106 is interesting. A guy who, you know, two years ago, but he's still young, but two years ago we're talking about is he might be a top three defensive tackle in the NFL right now, and that is Carolina, former Carolina defensive tackle Kwan Short has played just 199 mm. snaps over the last two years because of injury, but when healthy, he's been a consistently outstanding run defender and he's gotten to the passer. Do we think Kwan Short can get over these injuries? Absolutely. I think this is the one one of the type of players you bet on, especially what you're asking Kwan to do. I think something's going to get figured out, you know, health-wise, maybe there's some diet stuff going on. But mm-hmm. you, you, the, you you young guys, this is what you give them. You give them 3 4 years, especially if they're they're flashing um and the injuries aren't devastating. So he gets it together and I and I'm I'm putting my my chips aside. I think, you know, he might find some really really uh strong interest either in the AFC West um or no I'm going to go I, I I'm going to maybe he'll get over to the West what what are they what are they saying no. uh the, so there's a 1 year 5 million dollar deal and there's no team that's tied yeah. to it but we oh, are we are going to have teams for most of them uh, from now on it looks like I'm going to jump all the way down to 100 staying at defensive tackle this time it's in Damakan Sue uh, Sue's obviously not going to be getting the contract he did back in twenty what twenty fifteen when he signed uh mm-hmm. he signed that gigantic ridiculous hundred and fifteen million dollar deal for a defensive tackle, but you know he's he's a guy who stays on the field he doesn't get hurt he's still useful do we uh do we think Sue's future is a bright one? I think he finds somewhere if not Tampa I think I think what they have there. They're gonna try their best to keep, and if they don't keep Sue, that it's a it'll be a great leverage point for him to to land somewhere. Uh, it won't be hard for him to sell what he can still do. And you know we saw in that playoff run that, like you said, he's not off the field often. Uh, he he makes uh, impact plays or has an impact on plays still. So, you know I don't even think it's a big shocker that he'll he'll land somewhere. The prediction here is the Bucks. He resigned him one year, six point five million. Speaking to the, his durability, I think this is a crazy sna- uh, crazy stat. He played 788 snaps this season, which was the lowest total of his career, the lowest he's ever played in a season, wow. and it's still ranked 11th in terms of total snaps for all interior defensive players this year. I mean, the guy, one thing you cannot say about Sue is that he when he won't play, he won't show up, and he's playing hard. He's playing yeah. harder than most guys, so good for him. Uh, this one, ugh, I don't know how I feel about this guy. Uh, he just, ugh, for a lot of reasons, I guess. I'm glad he shaved his head. I will say that. And, uh, of course, we're talking about Brashad Perriman because that haircut coming out of college was just absolutely absurd. Uh, Perriman, oh. weird player, right? First-round pick. Yeah. Really had the dropsies, gets cut, 
goes to Cleveland, kind of finds a, a second wave, resigns with Cleveland, then they trade for Odell. He asks to get out of that contract. He ends up going uh going where? Where did Carolina? Where did he I forget where he went last year. Uh it was in New York. Yeah, yeah, it was in New yeah. York. And that didn't go great because nothing went great in, in New York for either of those uh, franchises last year. What do we think happens to Prashad Perriman? I think he, he ends up somewhere at the the final hour of signing, and he's an afterthought at this point. Well, here's the thing I will say, though. And the NFL, regardless of production that goes with it, values speed, and Prashad Perriman has speed. He still has speed, which is why I definitely think him being signed is not up for for inter, uh, up for debate. But what he does with that signing is going to be, you know, we have we have the paper trail for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, the prediction here is uh, it will be it will not be Deshaun Jackson, but Brashad Perriman catching passes from Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, two years, sixteen million, six million guaranteed. Oh, wow. you, you seem like you're not you're not behind that that's i i feel wow. like you think that's too much and i think you might be right yeah i just can't believe it. i can but i can't believe it well whatever uh this, this is an interesting one because it, it it ties to you directly in your detroit lions romeo aquara a guy who really had a breakout year last year finally figured out how to rush the passer what do we think happens mm-hmm. with aquara Oh, I think he's going. He's going to go find his money, and I don't know. I don't think he wants to uh, to to take the time right now in his prime to debate whether that's going to be in Detroit or not. He's going to go find his money. We're not going to have it, <laughs> and too bad because I do think he's going to continue to to find success. I don't know if he'll breakthrough breakthrough, mm. but he's gonna he's gonna be a starter for the next two or three years, and you know. Good luck to him, man. I, I, I feel bad. It's, it's the horrible timing. Horrible timing for us to, to keep players like that. Well, don't feel too bad. PFF believes he uh, re-signs with the Detroit Lions three years, $19.5 million. If he accepts that, I'm I'm all for it. $6.5 million uh, every year, 10 guaranteed, 7 at signing. So that, hmm. that's, a, that's a good gamble for the Lions. Absolutely. Uh, who's interesting here? Who is interesting here? Well, Bashad Breland is interesting just because of the weird, the weird situation surrounding that foot injury a couple of years ago where, mm-hmm. you know, this is a guy who looks like he's emerging as a pretty darn good starting cornerback. Gets that yep. injury on two, three years ago when he got, I think he got run over by a golf cart, uh, yep. hits back of his foot. Ends up needing like his like it's the foot gets infected or something needs a skin graft. There's all kinds of weird stuff going on. Pet, uh, he fails a bunch of physicals, but he catches on uh, with the Chiefs. Plays well. Uh, do we think Breland's foot fallacies are behind him? I do think that. I, I think he's a uh, uh, tier 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 two corner, and that's really good and really valuable. And uh, he it won't be uh, take your pick, but I think one the Chiefs aren't gonna let him let him get far, so it's a moot point. Uh, but he definitely he definitely's gonna see good football ahead. All right, the last guy we're gonna talk about today, because we're right about the thirty minute mark right now, is another super talented cornerback who is also probably the biggest asshole we talked about on this list so far. 
That is former Ohio State cornerback turned New Orleans Saint first-round pick? Oakland Raider first-round pick. Gary and Conley. I forget because he's been that irrelevant. Um, yeah. I mean, what? just an unbelievable player in college, but there was uh, you know, some off-the-field stuff, to put it nicely. He gets traded mm-hmm. to the Texans for a third-round pick. And uh, what do we think? Is Does talent continue to win the day, or especially at a, a position like cornerback, or... Is it uh, so long? Good luck in the fan-controlled football league, Mister Conley. <laughs> no, I think he is somewhere in the middle for this guy. Uh, you got you. You're gonna have a handful. You know, really a handful, maybe four to five coaching staffs that that think they can uh, nudge or squeeze some more juice out of this guy. I don't think he has the it to keep himself uh, heading the right right direction, but. Somebody's gonna give it a shot, so he might actually get get a nice little chunk of cash for it. Uh, so expect that. Yeah, the one thing you can never predict is which player is the player that grows out of being immature. Mm-hmm, exactly. So exactly. you can't measure a man's heart. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The prediction here is the Texans sign Conley one year, two point five million, one million guaranteed. So not exactly a heavy investment, but it's, a, it's an upside play. It's a Ronald Darby esque upside play. So we shall see. Um, all right, thirty minutes, thirty-two minutes. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be it for this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Next week, we're doing the QB carousel. Be here or Let's be go. square. It's gonna be fun. For Mario Hines, I'm Chris Howard. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.